it going? Good. How about you? Pretty good. I'm on my second cup of coffee. I got up early this morning. Are you like an early riser typically or? I am. I woke up this morning at like quarter to six. Oh my God. (laughs) I didn't mean to. I went to bed at one o'clock in the morning and I woke up at, yes. And I woke up at quarter to six and I was like, oh my God, not again. But I was so alert. I was like, you know what? Let me just get up. I'll get up. How, how, when I said early riser, I was thinking like seven, like 7.30? Yeah, that's usually the, what time I wake up. But so far, I've been waking up like 6 o'clock in the morning every single day, just ready to go. Wow. That's impressive. But is is that sustainable when you're going to sleep at 1? Because I, I imagine if most people are getting up at 6 for like work or something, they're, you know, they're in bed by like 10. Oh, I was about to say, this is, that was actually a weird night because every other day this week, I've been going to sleep at 10 o'clock, 10.30. Mm-hmm. What were mm-hmm. you doing up so late? I don't know. Like, I think, well, I thought that I was like feeling a little bit under the weather. Mm. So at first I was about to go to sleep at eight Mm o'clock, but then I could not fall asleep. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go on the internet, see what's going on. Then the Met Gala was happening. Mm -hmm. Then I wanted to see what people were talking about there. And then I was like messaging multiple people. And then that just carried over. I was like, oh crap, it's one o'clock in the morning. (laughs) And that's usually what happens. Like, it's always because of the internet. Yeah, it is. I sometimes will stay up just refreshing the apps that make me miserable. Um, (laughs) Just gotta keep pulling that down on Twitter, like see what's gonna make me upset next. Um, Right. Yeah, I think for me personally, like I, I live by myself and I also work for myself. Mm -hmm. So I'm on Twitter all the time because I'm naturally very nosy, but also because (laughs) I don't I don't interact with many people on a day to day basis. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you need yeah, like that's that makes total sense to me. You need something. And I think if you are like on your own most of the time, then yeah, why not Twitter? Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. So you you work for yourself. You are a writer Mm -hmm. and you published a book this year. Yes, I did. That's Um, so exciting. Yeah, and very surreal. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still trying to like say like, oh my gosh, like I came out with a book this year, like that, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's got that Roxanne Gay cover quote. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because this morning I was like, oh shit, like my I had a full page spread in L for Damn. the promotion of my book, and I was like. Wow, that was a big deal. And it's not like I didn't take it seriously then, but I think because now it's many months removed from all that, I can mm-hmm. really let it sink in of how big everything was. Yeah, you can step back and sort of be like, oh, wow, that was a big thing that I did. I think, you know, when you're, I don't know if you get this, but when I um, when I do something, like a, a, something I've been working on for a long time and it comes out, I get sort of like a postpartum depression about it where I'm like, Oh, it's over now. Um. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I I get pre and postpartum. Like oh. I think in the beginning, I you know I heard a lot of debut authors tell me, or people who've been in the game for a long time, they tell me you know just make sure you know just ride through your emotions, ride through everything. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like you act like I'm giving birth or something like. That. <laughs> but then I realized, kind of like, is, two, yeah. yeah, but like two weeks before 
you know, two weeks before my book came out, I felt I was like mentally and physically pushed to my limit. I was scared. I was doing interviews all the time. And then after it was over, I was like, okay, like, what is my life now? Because I feel like I'm in this bit of free fall. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, what do you do then? It's like this thing that's been like, you know, taking up all of your time and mental energy is done. It's out in the world. You can't change it anymore. And now you got to figure out like, okay, what's happening next? Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, it's just one of those things where I go through like a weird depersonalization thing mm. going because like my book is on my sorry, my face is on the cover of my book. And I was at a book club um, last month and they were asking how I felt about it. And I told them, like, I'm proud of myself. But a lot of times I'm like, I have to remind myself that that's me. Like, what? <laughs> what like, like, I know that's my face and I know that's my name. But once something is out there in the world it doesn't feel like it's your own anymore Mm. you know what I mean so it's 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 uh it's hard to say in a way that feels like it's nonsensical but once my like something of mine is immortalized in that way especially if it's my likeness it doesn't feel like me anymore so weird I don't know if it has to do with imposter syndrome or what but it it, it always happens yeah that's that's such a good way of putting it um and I think that's a really common um, common experience it's weird to have something that was yours like that and still is really personally yours especially if it's a book that is kind of about your experiences which your book partly is but then now it's been given over to the world um mm. now it's not you know it's not intimately yours anymore it's it's other people's to pick up and and encounter and process yeah right Right. Absolutely. So, and it's also one of those things where it's like you, I think when you put something that big out into the world, um, it's, you know, you try to find some, like, how do I reclaim something of myself again, especially because it was so personal. Mm. Like I, I had to feel like I, I I had to go back into my shell a little bit afterwards. I was like, (laughs) okay, y'all seen enough. Uh Yeah. Pull back the curtain a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what are, so we haven't said the name of the book yet. It's called, this will be my undoing, <laughs> uh, living at the intersection of black female and feminist in white America. Um, mm-hmm. so what are, it, it's an essay collection. Mm-hmm. Um, what are, what are some of the essays about for people who haven't read the book yet? Oh, sure. So so one of the essays, uh, is about, um, like a love letter to Michelle Obama, um, sexual harassment in New York City, um, dating life and how it relates to misogynoir, misogynoir meaning the hatred of black women, not just mm-hmm. women. Um, other essays are about like my mental health and how it relates to the strong black woman stereotype, mm. this idea of who gets the right black people, um, this idea of, you know, you know, of wanting to be a white girl and having this sort of internalized anti-black female uh sentiments about mm-hmm. myself and how I projected it things like that yeah that's that sounds like wow very really intense. like wide-ranging and intense absolutely it's very <laughs> yeah and so I forget are you from New York no I'm actually from New Jersey oh interesting so um you moved here a few years ago or I did so this coming uh, this upcoming July will be my third year in the city Wow, congratulations. Thank you. And you've got a book within three years of being in the city. That's like, I feel like, ooh, I had a schedule for most people. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's a whirlwind. Like I said, like it's, 
things happen fast. You know, you, you, when I lived in a part of New Jersey or maybe just in New Jersey where like, we, like a lot of people mythologize New York. I think that happens all mm, over the country. Yes. You see the large skyscrapers, you see the incredibly good looking people and you think, okay, this is the place where I need to go to make my dreams happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, and that's what I mean in a cheesy way like that's what happened for me and it's interesting you know because I come from a community where a lot of people don't leave I mean they Mm. may go someplace to get their feet wet for like a year or Mm -hmm. less and come back so for me to be able to be here for three years like every day feels like an accomplishment yeah yeah that's a big deal um and I know what that's like coming from a place where you know most people stay they maybe yeah go somewhere else for school or for something else and then they come back and settle down there. Um, and that can really feel like uh, a big deal to, to mm-hmm. get out of that. And mm-hmm. um, so you, one of the, the essays you mentioned is on harassment in New York. Is that something that you found is different living here than in Jersey? Oh, absolutely. Um, because there was no harass, street harassment in New Jersey, at least huh. not where I live. Yeah. Um, when you are in suburbia, uh-huh. and mind you, suburbia, uh, it was not made or constructed with people of color in mind. Sure. So let's just make sure we keep that in mind. <laughs> uh, when you're in suburbia, you're very aware, whether or not you realize it, of delineated spaces. There's this clear distinction between public and private spaces. So when mm. you go into a development, you have the lawn. You have the mailbox. Um, you have the houses, the actual, mm-hmm. like the houses aren't combined. Um, you know what I'm saying? You have the fences around the yard. Um, we, the thing that, that, I, that threw me for a loop coming to New York is that because people don't really have cars or use cars to go to and from everywhere, mm-hmm. um, everybody's on the street. It, yeah. it, 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 and, and, you know, and, and people of different classes, different, you know, genders, different, you know, uh, religions, everybody's on the street. The thing is, though, is that, you know, for, for someone that is um, in, in that someone that's from small town, New Jersey, this idea of there's no such there's a blurred there's no such thing as a private space really is very interesting. Um, and so when I first came to New York, someone told me straight up, they were like, you need to make sure you build a sanctuary, however you think of it, in order to survive in the city. And I really take it to heart because walking down the street as a woman is so hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, there are many different, <laughs> yeah. it, it's really hard. Like, yeah. um, and, and I'm going to knock on wood figuratively speaking, because I haven't gotten street harassed in a very long time. Mm. Um, and I do think that has to do a lot with police surveillance, which is another problem in and of itself because of gentrifying Harlem where I'm located. But like what I'll say is, is that, I always had to be so aware of everybody else now. Mm. You know, when I was in New Jersey, I just had to be, I just had to get to my car. You know what I mean? I had to get to my, as long as I got in the car and locked the door, like, I'm fine. And usually where I was going is well-lit area, parking lot, whatever. When you're in New York, it's like, I don't know what this person might do to me if I don't do X, Y, and Z. And so I remember... You know, I was talking about street harassment on, you know, the Twitter and I was talking about, you know, nowadays we live in a situation where if a man follows a woman down the um, down the street and he asks for her number and, and she can't give him a fake one. 
because he's going to yeah. call it right in front of her. Oh and, my God. Yes. And, I was just yeah. talking about this the other day. Yeah. And, and my mother who, you know, she never lived in New York, but you know, she's in her 50s. She was like, like, she's like, are you serious? Like, that's what we're at. And I said, that's exactly where we're mm-hmm. at. And even the men with whom, you know, I discussed this with on Twitter, that, you know, they would say things along the lines of like, like, they never even thought about that. And I said, that's the privilege in and of itself. Like, my life can hang in the balance if I don't give you my number that you followed me down the street to get. Yes. You know, I've, I've been thinking about this and um, I really feel like... uh there should be like a startup service that um just is like a bot that you can give this number like people's um you can give people this number and it just connects them to like a bot um that is just like oh hi what's up <laughs> right 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 and i think that you know i remember when i was dur- it was during my book tour and i was speaking um at the Barnes and Noble on the Upper West Side and there was a man um, who, you know, he said to me, um, he said, he, he, you know, he said, he called and he said, I think the reason why men, um, do this is because they don't have no home training. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I don't, I can't think about that when I'm thinking about my life. You Uh know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I don't know. Like I get where he's coming from, but it's like, how much of the responsibilities on the parents and also because of just you know, he is an adult and he has to learn right from, like, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Uh-huh. It's, it's super weird. Yeah. And it's like, well, it's also not your job to like, um, be someone's parent and to like do that training for them. <laughs> right. Right. It's like, I mean, how much responsibility is on the parent? I'm not a parent, but like, it's like how much responsibility you're going to put on the parent so their child doesn't become a predator. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like I don't I don't know about that yes yeah Ugh. Ugh. it's just Ugh, exhausting yeah just like you know it's it's a very you know interesting thing to talk about because I think a lot of guys just don't understand that danger like mm-hmm. a man was trying to equate this to like stalker women and I said that that there's a mm-hmm. difference there yeah. like you're not you're you are not afraid of a stalker woman by virtue of her gender of her gender right we're afraid of y'all because of that and because of the way you're conditioned as a man like yeah, it's not exactly. the same <laughs> yeah no it's like really not and like there's this image of like the like psycho woman serial st- like stalker in movies that is just like so uncommon in real life um and like it paints this picture of just like that is the norm when really it's like not at all. Yeah, and it's like I, I just that's all y'all afraid about is you know stalker women, but seriously, like we're afraid of y'all killing us for just saying no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> not to say. Yeah. No. It's like. Ugh. I don't, it's, yeah, it's like, and on, you know, in places like on the train here, um, it's just like, well, um, you're just going to continue, you're just going to like try and continue the conversation if someone starts talking to you in like the most non-committal way, um, and then try to 
get off at your stop and hope he doesn't follow you. Um, and I've told, I've told people things like that who don't live in New York or like, or how just like some guys will just start yelling at you. Um, and it's, they're like, what people do that. And it's like, yeah, yes. yeah, they do. <laughs> like, like some of the stuff, some of the stuff that people do in New York, I've never seen. Like people who will play their music without ear headphones, and they know no one will say anything to them because they will. You don't know what people are capable of. Mm-hmm. Again, like, like certain things like that, where I'm just like, why would you do that? But it's this whole idea of there is no public and private space. It's just unconscionable that people do that. That to me is like. just there are other people we're living in a society here like please yeah yeah and it's like do you need me to give you some money to go get some headphones i'm just gonna start keeping airplane headphones and just giving them to people i know but you got to be careful with that because it's just it could be it can turn ugly really quickly you know what i mean it's true it's true god it's just, the best. Just wear headphones and don't talk to people. I mean, you know, it's like one thing about living in the city that is kind of cool is like when you um, when you do talk to people and it is cool and like, OK. And like I've had interactions with people and even guys where like I've had interactions with guys when they're just like, oh, hey, I love that tattoo. Is that from this? And I'm like, it is. And they're like, OK, cool. Have a great day. That's it. And it's like, yeah, yeah. That's it. Like, there's no follow up. It's not an opening to anything. It's just like they started the interaction and then ended it like immediately. And I'm like, I love that about living in a city that sometimes that happens. But it's just like the ratio of that to like trying to hook you into a conversation that you they know that you're polite, that you have to be polite enough to like let them keep going. is just so off. Yeah. Like, I just think like for me, uh, I, I, I mean, some men just know how to follow cues. Mm-hmm. Like if 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 I'm not looking at you, or if I look at you because I like to be polite, even when I sh- I don't own people that. Mm-hmm. When I look at you in the face, and then I immediately drop down to my book because I'm always traveling with a book. Mm-hmm. Like that's your cue to know that I don't want to have any conversation. But I will. I will admit one time I messed up though. I was on the train back uptown, and there was this really attractive guy. He was a white guy. And I was reading Sing Unburied Sing by Jasmine Ward, which if you're unfamiliar with who Jasmine Ward is, she is a black author who's writing about the deep South, mm. Mississippi. And this guy, I, 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 may, I, I smiled at him. He was standing up. He smiled at me. It was just because we made eye contact. Um, and then he looked at my book and he was like, is that any good? And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it is. He was like, yeah. He's like, I've been meaning to pick that up. I've been reading another one of her i've read another one of her books and i was like yeah this one's really good i highly recommend he's like okay he said have a nice day and then when he got off i was like oh my god no wait come back in my head i was like wait (laughs) i was like that could have been my husband oh yeah that was one of the ones that you're like oh i know i was like damn could have genuinely made a human connection with a stranger i know i was like that got it and you gotta be open to that like I, I'm actually scared. Like I, I try so hard. I think for me, like most of the men that I meet are usually in my industry. So they already have an idea of like who I am, what I write about, what I stand for. Yeah. But 
a, a deep heart and like in my heart of hearts, I would love to meet someone in that type of organic way that is so New York, but that also scares the crap out of me. Oh, absolutely. It just, it scares me not only because, you know, not, not necessarily because, oh, he's a man, a stranger. Ah, it might be dangerous, but just because it's like, you're, it's so, it, it, it's so vulnerable. You're caught off guard. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's tough and you gotta learn. You, it's like, this is all stuff you got to navigate living in, in a city. Yeah, yeah, all the time. Have you ever read uh, Samuel Delaney on this stuff? No, tell me. It's really good, actually. Um, And his whole thing is about how cities are this wonderful place for, like, interclass contact. Um, And then also, though, like, he does acknowledge and talk about how, like, well, for women, this is a difficult thing um and like suggests these ways that cities could be better about this stuff one of his suggestions is kind of buck wild actually okay. he, he's like basically like there should be like like love hotels essentially but with like security and like run by women and like for women so that like women can just like pick up a guy on the street and have like a no stakes hookup with them and uh like sort of like a like a brothel space that is designed with women's security in mind, but like not for pay or anything. Um, and I'm like, that's like, I guess I could see that being helpful in some way. Um, I guess. And like, what about the- okay, go ahead. <laughs> but I think he's like, oh, I'm not like, this is just a thought experiment. Like, I'm, I'm not sure that I'm really like saying this, but he's just basically saying like, we need to come up with ways to like make cities, um, first of all, to like allow people from different like classes and and kinds of backgrounds and stuff to interact because there is this like real segmentation in cities of like rich neighborhoods and poor ones um and then at the same time we need to like recognize that for certain people that kind of contact can be really scary and difficult and we need to find ways of of making it less dangerous you know what my thing also is like what about for the women who don't want to hook up like i'm not a hook <laughs> yeah up yeah 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 true and yeah. i feel bad about it and i feel ashamed sometimes when i admit this but i i'm not a hookup person mm-hmm. so it's like what about for me like how do how do i and i and honestly i feel like for other friends of mine like hooking up is so easy for them in new york and mm. i really don't do well with transients i'm starting to get used to it but like I'm not good with transients in the way that you can meet somebody and then you might not see them again for four months, if ever, because they may live in a different borough or life. Mm. And maybe that doesn't have to just do with New York, but it may also have to do with just being an adult. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I've thought about this, too, of just like it's hard to form relationships of the kind, just even with friends where you're. See, where you can just sort of drop in or you can just have these these kinds of things and that's something i've been trying to cultivate but it is difficult if you're living in different places in the city and it's like this new york thing where it's like oh we live like <laughs> half an hour away on the train like i don't know like ugh, that's uh i guess yeah. i'll see you next year <laughs> yeah like like I, I mean, I remember someone said something that got me so emotional. Someone said, um, you know, sex in the city isn't uh isn't realistic because no way could four friends have brunch every single every single weekend. 
<laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I'm so sad all of a sudden. Because it's true. Yeah, like I wish that were, like I wish it, it were possible, but it's just not. Yeah, like I, like I can get if all of you were trust fund kids who lived in the same apartment building <laughs> and had no jobs and no boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Like I could see all of you doing that, but otherwise, and all your families lived in here. Like otherwise, I can't see that happening. Yeah, no, it's um, it's unlikely for sure. Just like, uh... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we were we were lied to by Sex and the City about a lot of things. About a lot, a lot of, of things, yeah, a lot, um, but. On the yeah. bright side, Miranda's running for governor. So yes, and she's gonna win. I God, I win. hope so. Please. Oh, oh no, she's gonna win. She is. She is getting. Oh, I think she just agreed to a debate, and oh, I was like, yes. oh shit, let me get my liquor. She's been going up in the polls, and please, ain't we need this? Uh, New York's first lesbian governor, please, please. Yeah, like I, I really do. Is she lesbian? I thought she was bi. Well, or I think fear. she's with a woman, so that's oh, I'm, no, gonna, I'm gonna claim her. Okay, that's team. fine. All right, okay, okay. No, she is with a woman. She's been with um that uh, her her partner for a while. But no, I really think she's gonna win. I I do. I just I. But you know what? I thought the same about you know who. So, but this is different. This is different. This is New York. I really do think she's going to win. That's why Cuomo is like trying so hard. Like, oh, I'm going to do this. That's like, no, we understand you're scared. You are scared. You are shaking over there. You know that she has a really good shot. And I do. I really do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like last week, I think she even just like put out her tax returns. And I was like, Woo, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Please. We, we all need this. We need to win. Um, I think in 2018, you know. Yeah, we do need a win. This news cycle is just incredibly relentless, and it's brutal, and it gets on my nerves. I've basically checked out of it, and I feel bad. But no, are you feeling good? Uh, well, I'm feeling bad for unrelated (laughs) reasons. Uh Oh, um, but it's not because of the news. So, uh, I mean, it's a change in why I feel bad. So that's something. Okay, okay. Because yeah. I was about to say, like, I'm so tired of just mm. everything happening all the time. Everything like, happens so much. Everything happens so much. And I often wonder, like, even from, like, a like a sociological or even a psychological point of view, like, what is going to happen to, like, our brains and, like, our Ooh, ideas of yeah. processing, like, our ideas of processing because of what has been happening since 2016, the end of 2016. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, I think definitely. And, and I wonder for people growing up whose brains are still plastic and whose oh, connections God. are still forming, like, what does that do to, like, younger brains that are still being formed, like, growing up in a context of fear? I mean, uh, yeah, but those people still have to deal with, like, SoundCloud rappers, which is, like, even <laughs> worse. Like, oh, my God, I can't even tell them apart. I feel so ancient. There's ads for SoundCloud rappers in the on the subway now. Are you um, kidding me? No, it's like Sound. Their SoundCloud is really promoting themselves as like from the you know from the bedroom to like the the big studio. Oh uh, my god, which is, is so funny. 
I can't take it. Like, I can't take that. Yeah, I just like, I, I mean, whoo! Like, it, it's just a lot going, like I said, it's a lot going on all the time. And like today, like yesterday, I found out that the New York Attorney General uh, resigned because of allegations of assault by women. Oh my God. And I'm like, I didn't even read the expose yet. Like, I didn't <laughs> even read it. Yeah, like, I didn't know about this, and he's already resigned? Like, what? Yeah, like, I, 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 that, it was like, he made a statement at, like, 7 o'clock, and then he resigned, like, two hours later. It was that fast. God. God. I've accepted that I don't know what's going on, and, um, I feel bad about it, but, I mean, I don't know what's going on socially, politically, um, with entertainment, like, I saw on Twitter today, it was like, Thanos just got added to Fortnite. And I'm like, that sentence is meaningless to me. <laughs> I've accepted that I'm old. I turned 30 and the gem in the palm of my hand started flashing. Oh, no. Like, yeah. I just, I, I, every, like, I don't know. Like, Twitter is just, I, I got to figure out what's going to happen with my brain. I keep telling myself when I wake up in the morning, like, do something useful. I don't care if it's, like, writing down what I'm grateful for, yeah. meditating, yoga. But I just can't help it. Like, that first initial push of news happens in the morning. It's true. You know what I do is mm. um, I do a couple things. One thing is I use TweetDeck, and I just take out the column that has my timeline in it. So I just oh. see my mentions. My DMs. The other thing I do is I use an app that blocks Twitter um, and you can choose for how long and it's scheduled ahead of time and you can't disable it. So oh, I basically I know have, that is. I have two hours a day where I can look at Twitter and um, wow, has that improved my life? Yeah, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I feel like, well, once I start writing, like I have to, I'm writing another book. Um, wow. So once I start doing that in the summertime, I might need to employ that because I'm just like, listen. Like it's, it's, it's not stopping. Like you would think like, because of the summer's coming soon. So, you know, maybe it's just going to slow down a little bit. No, like it doesn't, it doesn't feel like that way at all. Yeah. yeah, The news is supposed to go on hiatus in the summer. Yeah. That's not happening. No, Mm -mm. no, no, it's not. Um, But it's the summer so you can leave the house more and you don't have to look at, you know, take Twitter off your phone. Oh God. That's what I did. I need to do it, but I'm so scared. (laughs) What you you do is I have an app on my phone that's just DMs. And uh, so I can still get DMs if someone is for some reason contacting me on there rather than anywhere else. But uh, I don't have to see it. I just don't want to see it. It's too much. Yeah. But I think also, like, I'm actually afraid of the New York weather in the summer. As much as I like the pretty weather... Listen, the humidity of New York is like it's it's actually horrendous. Well, that's what gets like, you. It's not the heat, you know. It's, it's, the, it's humidity. the humidity. That's and what like they say. I, I look at these women when I go walk to the subway station and I see no sweat marks and I just don't understand how they don't <laughs> I don't understand how they don't do how they do it. Like I want to ask them without being weird, but I'm like, how are you wearing this outfit and you have no sweat marks anywhere? I don't understand. It's um yeah it's a mystery i don't know yeah yeah and i'm also afraid of the mta like last year i don't know if you were aware but like <laughs> oh my the subways were breaking God, down. it the was pregnant the woman that fainted. and i know yeah. this is like real new york talk and anyone outside of the city i said the same thing last summer when we were recording with 
I forget what episodes it, it was, but okay. I was like, I'm sorry, but I need to vent about this. And uh, y'all are just going to have to come along with me on this ride because I'm not going, I'm not going on a ride because the train isn't running. Yeah, no, like it was really bad. Um, last year like uh, like i said a pregnant woman fainted on the train oh. one train stopped underground and people had to like walk out <laughs> uh, like and, and it's just like hey like what if somebody actually gets really hurt or sick like what if that pregnant woman had a miscarriage like like there's certain things i'm just like where's my money going like where is our money going that this stuff keeps happening and i'm afraid to I'm afraid to go. Like, I, I'm afraid to get on the train because, like, I'm afraid to break it down. It's going to be hot or the air AC stops working. You know, stuff like that. Anything could happen. Yeah, anything could happen. People go crazy. Like, people are in a good mood when the sun is out, but people also are hot. Like, it can go crazy. Oh, it's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. They can, mm-hmm. but... Mm-hmm. I I mean I and and it's funny um I mean New Yorkers love to talk about the weather but uh we had like one warm day last week and people were like oh my god it's too hot and it's like 2 days ago you were complaining that it's too cold can we just enjoy the afterglow for like a minute yeah, that's true. Like, I just, it, well, I think I was one of those people. Like, I was like, it just went straight to summer. <laughs> like, there was no crescendo. It was just, it just went fast to the top. And even today, like, it's supposed to be 70, and it's like, oh, 60, 60, 70, 70, low 50s. Like, I have no idea how to dress. Like, I have no idea how to dress for this type of weather. Mm. Yeah, it, um, it's rough. I mean, you got to go the San Francisco route of just layering. Yeah, I'm like, I don't get it. So I'm like, all right, well, we'll just see what happens and then just hope for the best. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, yeah, I guess so. You gotta just, <sighs> I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what can you do, really? Like, whatever. Ugh, but, um, God, more books. You're writing more books already? Yeah, I have a two book deal. Um, wow. And so my, yeah, I'm writing two more books. One is nonfiction. The other is fiction. Yeah, the work never ends, but I'm excited. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I I love what I'm doing. I'm very fortunate to be able to be in this crazy city and do what I love. But yeah, like I'm going to be writing during the summer. So, yeah. That's great. Are you, you, are you the kind of person who likes to uh, go somewhere else to write, whether it's a coffee shop or like out of the city? Well, I am not a coffee shop person. The reason why I say that is because like, I don't like a place where I can't control the noise. So mm. the espresso machine, you know, somebody click clacking on their own keyboard next. I do not like that. <laughs> like, I can't no, do- I'm with you. Uh-uh. Like, I think the only way I can work at a coffee shop is if I'm in the revision stages. But if I'm actually coming up with like original stuff, I can't do it. Like, I have thought of uh, writing in other places while I'm writing this book. Like, I, I saw that there's, like, this beautiful bed and breakfast in Brooklyn that's owned Ooh. by these black people. And I, and it doesn't look like Brooklyn. It literally looks like Connecticut. <laughs> it's weird. And I was like, maybe I'll go there for a night or two. But, like, honestly, my apartment is so quiet and it's so serene that I don't mind, you know, just writing here. That's great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people don't have that. They're, you know, they're living off a busy street or they're 
Um, they've got roommates or something, but it's so nice to have a, a sanctuary where you can go and do that. And do you find, do you, are you the kind of person who has trouble like separating like, okay, you know, if, if you're working out of your house, like, okay, this is work hours and this is relaxation hours. Well, here's what I'll say. When I used to live in a studio, um, I, and, and honestly, I would not, um, I would not recommend that for any writer who works at home. <laughs> um, the reason why I, the reason why I um, say that, well, for me personally, I'll speak for myself. It was very hard for me to separate my life from my, my, my personal identity from my work identity because I worked in bed. I ate in bed. I took phone calls in bed. But now that I actually live in an apartment that feels like a home, I don't bring my laptop into my room oh, um, at that's all. that's great. Oh, I I only do work in my living room because my you know my other room where I'm trying to work um to I have to get my desk in there um but yeah I don't do that and it's so much healthier for me mm. I can actually sleep through the night now um I just feel much more balanced as a human being. That's so good. Mhm, mhm. The dream. Yeah. So I just know for me, like if you're a studio person, you have to just be very, very careful that you know how to separate. I couldn't because there was no separation in rooms. I could not separate it. Yeah, that's oh, man, it's rough. It's rough. I've got my desk in my closet. I, I had to convert my closet into my desk space. Um, but definitely I work in my room. So it is hard sometimes to be like, Okay, I'm done writing for today, um, and I'm going to go not do that now. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's pretty much, like, where I'm at. Um, but it feels, it feels good, so we'll see. Like, I, I, I try to, I would love to get those passes to, like, Soho House or something. Ooh, um, yeah. Just so I can, like, be cool for a day. It's like, okay, I'm going to go there. <laughs> know what I mean but I but it's also like I or like I don't know if I would even want to leave in the sense that like there's so much food there's so many drinks there's people watching like how much would I really get done it's true but oh my god that dream of like I don't know I'm really enamored with like a lot of images of luxury I guess which is like I mean, you're supposed to be, I guess, in, in this culture, like that's right. just the culture operating correctly on you. Um, but like the image of like the private club is so charming oh, yeah, to me absolutely. just with like, oh, maybe you're getting work done, but maybe you're just like sipping whiskey via like a fireplace and, and chatting yeah, with, with other right. esteemed authors. And I'm like, yes, please. Yeah, like if I get to, like I've been to these member these clubs, these exclusive clubs, and honestly, it feels like a lot of what people are doing are networking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it's a lot of networking. It's a lot of oh, I work for this up like upcoming company. You have no idea how they got the funding for that, but they got it. They have those nice Warby Parker glasses. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> The guy, oh, you know, the, the clean shave, or they got that like Brooklynite facial hair. They've got those shirts that are that you can wear not tucked in that are designed to just be long enough that they. Yeah, like, yeah. Jesus, yeah. that's a thing now. I saw a retail location for those for those shirts, which is like people. Someone got is getting rich off that, and I'm like, yes, I hate. 
I'm done with this planet. Yeah, it's the culture. So it's like a lot of it, when I went there, like, great, I didn't go to a laptop. I was meeting someone for lunch. But a lot of it just felt like a bunch of networking, which is good in and of itself. But it's like, I like you. We're both in the same space. How do we bring our social and cultural and actual capital together to make something bigger? Like, that's that's what it's all about, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. now uh do you want to move on to a segment that we do the only segment um right now sure Uh, and that segment is called get wrapped wrapped. and it sounds worse than it is Um, okay that's very simple uh it's spelled r-e-c apostrophe d so um, it's, you know, recommendations. And, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So, you know, sometimes I forget to tell guests about this, like I did in this case. Um, but it's, it's easy. And, uh, what it is, is we recommend things. Um, and you know, it can be anything. Uh, it can be, uh, you know, separating your workspace from your relaxation space. It can be a movie that you saw recently. It can be, the sky's the limit. And um, if you like, I can go first or you can. It's totally up to you. Okay. I would recommend watching Coco. Um, it is a Disney movie that it had. It has an all Mexican, Mexican-American cast. And it is a tear jerker. And it is so good. Oh, my God. It is so good. Um, and I would recommend watching that. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. I feel like I'm really behind on the Disney Pixar kind of stuff. Oh, no, it's fine. Take your time. <laughs> but you have to see Incredibles too, if nothing else but for Ed- Edna Mode. Yes. Well, so I, it's funny you should mention that because um, a few weeks ago, I um, gave myself stress bangs, which sounds yeah. like a, a kind of, you know, stress relief. Um, sex thing but it's just um for the english listeners we have uh it's fringe it's a fringe your hair Uh when you cut it and um yeah i was like looking at pictures of betty page and was like yes that's what i want and then i cut it and myself which was a big mistake and i was like oh i look like edna mode now um which you know when i'm uh 60 wouldn't mind but at the moment i'm like oh Ah! that was that was a mistake that i made um but that's not that doesn't speak ill of edna mode it's just the mistakes that i am that i made so is the incredibles 2 out yet no it's not um it's coming though i think it's like i think it's coming in the summer which is like perfect um mm. it, it's uh oh it's coming out uh june 15th nice nice of course it is yeah um <laughs> june 15th um of course it is is there uh it's the 166th day of the year i guess oh well i just uh, i was just gonna say because it's close to summer like of course people are gonna see it's perfect time for a movie like this to come out <laughs> june 16th uh it's um it's arbor day in costa rica uh, uh it's a uh, global wind day and it's national beer day in the united kingdom oh how, wow so uh 
Are we yeah. only supposed to recommend one thing? You can do more if you like. Yes. Okay. I would want to recommend Lizzo's music. L I Z O. Lizzo is a fantastic uh, singer, um, and she is just amazing. She's so like she's just she loves her body. She's unapologetic about the body that she's in, which is not considered conventional with the you know mainstream beauty standards. Love her music. Love her energy. Um, Lizzo's music. I would also recommend um, some uh, some skincare makeup products, which I'm actually like trying to uh, find the names for so people can understand, so people can like go get it. Um, Huda Beauty is that how you pronounce it? I think Huda? so. Yeah, Huda Huda Beauty um, Obsessions Eyeshadow Palette. Um, it's electric. And it's, it has all these funky colors hmm. that I love, love, love. Um, there is this caffeine solution by The Ordinary. For those of you who have irregular sleeping patterns and you're, you're, you got a little bit of like, you know, uh, bags under your eyes, uh-huh. dark circles, get that. I'm telling you, um, <laughs> it goes out of stock so much. It's crazy but the caffeine solution by the ordinary it is the real deal get that for your eyes trust me yeah okay (laughs) um yeah and Lizzo too um she i think a year or two ago maybe a couple years ago at this point did a collab with my friend cd dupuis who goes by sad 13 in her solo music um and that was a really cool a cool track. So um, that's sort of how I was introduced to her. I'm so glad you knew she was like, yay, Lizzo. Yeah, no, she's Philly based, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, or was at least at the time because um, Sadie is as well. Um, yeah, yeah, well, thank you for those tracks. I'm going to recommend a, a movie um, as well. Okay. And this is a movie that came out last year. And okay. it's the Jumanji sequel, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Really? Yes. Have you seen it? <laughs> no, I just was so shocked that you were recommending it. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Okay. Let me, let me explain. Okay. I watched it on a plane and uh, it was just because, you know, I'm on a plane. I don't want to watch something that has been, I was going to watch Shape of Water because I haven't seen that yet, but I didn't watch something that I thought would probably be like censored. So I was like, Jumanji, they're not going to cut anything. There's not any sex scenes in Jumanji. Um, okay. But so so most people, I assume, have seen the original Jumanji. Um, it's about a game that comes to life and starts releasing animals and stuff into the real world. And Robin Williams is in it. And he's been stuck in the game for like years and years. Um, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle is sort of about the opposite, where kids get sucked into a game. And... Um, they get transformed into characters. And so they get transformed into um, Dwayne Johnson, Jack Black, Kevin Hart, Ke- uh, and Karen Gillan. And uh, hilarity ensues because they have like three lives each because it's a video game. Uh, and so, oh so it kind of exploits that sort of uh, comedy. And I love The Rock. I think he is a great, actor and i think you know i'm so glad that there's this like resurgence of of wrestlers being actors because they tried uh-huh. it in the 90s and it did not work very well oh um, really yeah hulk hogan was in a few movies um 
before he was outed as like a huge racist. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. and uh, but now you know The Rock has made a huge successful career. John Cena is in that movie Blockers right now, oh, um, which oh, is supposed yeah. to be really good. And uh, yeah, but you know, um, The Rock and uh, and and Kevin Hart is a pairing that I have seen before in the um, uh, the movie Central Intelligence. Okay, which is uh, is just Kevin Hart and um, and The Rock, and it was actually pretty good. I think the story wasn't great, but uh, they were they have really great chemistry together as sort of a buddy comedy. Um, and Jimunji is like that plus, um, Karen Gillan, who is like pretty good and, Ka- uh, Jack Black, who is actually incredible oh. in this movie. And then also Nick Jonas, <laughs> Nick what? Jonas is in this one too. Um, and Bobby Cannavale, who I don't oh. really know much about, but in this, he's like, he's five. kind of hot in this because he is like. And I might be kind of alone in this um, in this idea that I think men are more attractive when they have scorpions crawling out of their ears and, um, <laughs> and one really fucked up eye and uh, oh God. just like a lot of weird stuff going on and real greasy looking. And I'm like, yeah, sure. That's a great look. Um, I think that's good. Uh, so real good cast, uh, kind of funny plot. And uh, I think it was better than anyone was really expecting it to be. Um, or than it had any right to be. So if you're looking for just like a, you know, a, a little comedy, um, okay. <laughs> some, uh, some rock. And, and, and the thing is about the movie is um, the, these, the adult actors are playing these child characters because the, the kids have just been transported into these bodies. So like you've got, you know, the rock is playing like this nerdy kid. And uh what? Yeah, and he, well, I mean, he looks like The Rock, but like he's he's in inside of him, he's like the nerdy kid who's like really like unsure and like not confident. Oh, and then Kevin God. Hart is playing like this jock who is normally huge. Um, oh, Kevin Hart notoriously short, and um, and so he he actually there's a gag where uh, he thought the character's name was Moose, and he sounds like this big cool guy, and it's actually Mouse. Oh, <laughs> um, so, uh. And Nick Jonas is there too. So, um, oh my God, it's good. the Rock is so fine. Like I can't. It's not right. Like I want him to say something so foolish sometimes, but he I just think... he's so well behaved. Uh, I thought I remembered a thing. Did, maybe I made this up. Um. <sighs> I thought he had been well. He was affiliated with the Republican Party, but also the Democrats, and now he's an independent. I think. So you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, there was a there was a, there's a tweet that I just always remember that was like, um, God, let me just try and find it because. Uh, it's, um, oh, I think I got it. Um, there was a (laughs) a tweet that was like, um, 
like, oh, here is this is the rock stunt double who is like also his cousin who I'd venture to say oh. is hotter than the rock. Like um, they all fine. I don't but the but then there was someone quote tweeted that it was um Alexis Ned actually. Um oh. who quote tweeted it and was like, Hey friends, how do you feel about being threesome to death? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, that whole family is just um They've got some good genes, so. <sighs> well, maybe we can end on that note. That was an amazing note. Yeah. Threesome to good. death. It's good. So do you have anything that you want to plug? We mentioned the book, which is available at fine retailers everywhere. Um, yeah. And are you writing um, like a, a column or anything recently? Actually, you're editing um, at Catapult right now. Is that right? Yes. Yes. I'm an associate editor at Catapult fantastic do you have any are there any pieces recently or are you doing any readings or anything um that you want to mention well um i'm looking on my calendar right now so i can remember it but um um, but on june 11th um at word bookstores in brooklyn i'm going to be in conversation with zenzi clemens um to celebrate the paperback release of her debut novel uh what we lose mm. and then on the 27th of june i'm going to be in conversation with amber tamblin wow. at Greenlight bookstore uh, the Fort Greene location, everybody, um, because she has a book coming. She, well, she has a book coming out. It's not a paperback release, but it's a book called Any Man. Um, and it's talk, and it's about sexual assault. I'm um, trigger warning. Um, and so, yeah, it's going to be great. Amazing. Great. Well, people should yeah. should hit those up if they're in the New York area. Um, and otherwise, you know, pick up a copy of the book. Yeah, thank you so much. Great. Thank you. This was so fun. Have a great day. You too. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Okay, bye. Woodland Secrets is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Woodland Secrets is a part of Stay Mean, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Stay Mean at woodlandsecrets.co slash support. For as little as three bucks a month, you'll get access to a monthly newsletter and frequent bonus episodes of our shows. If you'd like to have a message read on the show, head to woodlandsecrets.co slash messages. You can help people find out about the show. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at Woodland Podcast and at Stay Mean Co. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening.